And I'd like to welcome you all to the uh, Department of Defense's Bloggers Roundtable for Monday, April 11th, 2011. My name is MC2 William Selby with the Office of the Secretary of Defense Public Affairs, and I'll be moderating the call today. A note to the bloggers on the line, please remember to clearly state your name and blog or organization in advance of your question. Respect our guest time, keeping questions succinct and to the point. And please keep your phone on, phone on mute if you are not asking a question. Today, our guest is Robert L. Gordon III, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Military, Community, and Family, family, family Policy. Um, Mr. Gordon will discuss Volunteer, volunteer Appreciation Week. And uh, somebody else just joined us? Yes, this is Katie Savant. Katie Savant, you are six on the line. And, uh, sir, with that, uh, the floor is yours if you have an opening statement. Thanks. I'm just delighted to be with uh, all of you. Uh, as uh, all of you know, this is a National Volunteer Week, and uh, what an exciting time, I think, for uh, our volunteers across the country, our volunteers in our military community uh, to uh, move forward and uh, advance and strengthen our citizen service, our democracy through volunteerism. You know, the spirit of volunteerism, as we all know, is as old as our nation. Uh, today, that spirit continues, and it's a part of the DNA. That's volunteerism, I think, of uh, our American citizens. Um, you know, those entrusted with our national defense are all volunteers. We know we have a volunteer force, and uh, they, along with our Defense Department civilians and their families, uh, you know, contribute countless volunteer hours in military and civilian communities where they live. Uh, both here in the United States and overseas, as we know, so that during National Volunteer Week, we and I want to voice just a collective thank you to them, to all of our volunteers. And I know uh, the bloggers on this line have done the same sort of thing because you come from the community, so thank you as well. And let's open it up. Thank you very much, sir. And, uh, Dale, you were first on the line, so you can ask your question. Good morning, sir. This is Dale Kissinger from Military hey, Avenue. Dale. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well on a Monday morning. My question Great. is um, <laughs> how the uh, Department of Defense is recognizing our volunteers this year. Are we going to have a special program uh, announcing uh, any special programs or anything that's going on for volunteers? Well, you know, there are a number of, uh, there are a number of things that the services are doing and, uh, and groups as well uh, who are associated with the kind of work that we do. Um, so... I'm going to participate in a number of those activities. That was an activity last week, in fact, uh, where some young people were recognized for not only the great things that they did with respect to their families, but the volunteerism as well. So what I would tell you is we've got a list of those sorts of activities. I'm going to go to those as well. And uh, let me join you two as well. Okay, super. Is there a list like on DOD or serve.gov? Yeah, we don't have a list specifically on serve.gov yet, but uh, internally I've got something that uh, we can share with you. Okay, super. Thank you. You bet. And, and uh, Michelle Stork? Yes, hi. This is Michelle Stork with Thanks USA. Hello, Michelle. How are you? Hi. Good. Um, I really, I'm here to just listen today. Okay. Um, so I don't have a question just yet. So um, okay, kind of listening today. Great. And uh, Leo Shane. Yes. Hi, Leo Shane, the Stars and Stripes. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. 
Um, I, I wanted to ask, tomorrow we're going to have the uh, the First Lady and, and Dr. Biden talk about the new Military Families Initiative. Um, yes. You know, that's that's helping out military families. But as you said, we've got so many volunteers. I, I wonder, I don't know if you've got anything planned in connection with that, um, if there's any any link between uh, you know some of the some of as you said uh, the all volunteer army and uh, you know seeking out folks who can uh, you know who can go the the extra bit to, to help those volunteers out so so I don't know if there's been any conversation about uh, connection with that or or what you know where where you'll come in relationship to to that initiative no we're really excited that we've actually been working very closely uh, with the White House the first lady and dr uh, Biden on their military families initiative. So I think uh, you're going to see uh, a very powerful rollout tomorrow and then a commitment throughout this year on the part of Dr. Biden and the First Lady in terms of highlighting and featuring uh, the kinds of volunteer activities, uh, individuals, um, communities basically focused on our military family members, our military community in general as well. So uh, we are very excited about the attention that the First Lady and Dr. Biden are paying to our military community uh, throughout this year in terms of uh, their joining forces initiative uh, that will really shine a light on not only volunteerism across the community, but just how people come together in general uh, to care for, support, and empower our military community to be the best that it can be. All right, great. And uh, Karen Francis. Hi, Hi Karen. Karen. Hi, uh, Karen Francis from Mill Spouse Muttering. Um, I'm wondering, we have so many volunteers who volunteer in everything with the military, but also in our communities. Yeah. Is there a program to help military families when they first get to a new post? You know, when you're in that, okay, I'm unpacked, but now what phase? Um is there a program or even just a central clearinghouse of lists of volunteer opportunities, not just on post, but also in the community itself? Well, you know, the services, I mean, post commanders, of course, um, approach that differently uh, with our spouse networks. I just returned, for example, from Spain Dalem in uh, Germany, and what a very vibrant uh, spouse network. It was a key spouse program. Uh, that uh, had a number of different um, uh, architectures around our spouses in terms of helping them to integrate very effectively and very quickly into the military community in Spandalum. Um, a lot of those programs, of course, uh, were run by spouses, uh, in fact. And uh, it really does depend, I think, on you know, our installations across the world, the kinds of um, programs and activities they have in place that focus primarily on volunteerism. You know, but I just wanted to point out that, uh, as we all know, there are many of those programs. Uh, we have not consolidated them up here at the Department of Defense, of course, but we like to shine a light on those programs and uh, share what programs are working, uh, what programs basically um, enlist our volunteers across the country uh, with respect to our, our bases and posts, both in the United States and overseas, and uh, how people can get involved. So while that's not consolidated and centralized here, uh, I would just say that, uh, you know, our commanders and our activities and our spouse networks 
uh, and our volunteer organizations both on our installations and supporting our installations. We've got a very vibrant nonprofit volunteer community, as we all know, that really wraps services and um, volunteerism around our community. All those things exist, and I think uh, you know people know that they're out there. And uh, I think the nice thing about the kind of things that you all do, especially in this social media environment that we have today, is uh, you know share those activities and those sorts of programs with a broader community. The social media network has really uh, evolved over these past 10 years or so. So I think that's just another uh, media outlet that's important to sharing volunteer activities for our social, uh, excuse me, for our military community. But uh, one quick follow-up. You bet. I'm also wondering about the um, ability to integrate yourself not just on the military community, but the community around us that doesn't understand what military communities are like. Um, for instance, I volunteer at a cat shelter that used to restrict military families from being allowed to adopt cats. And I'm the one who had to educate them that, you know, you're in a huge military community here in the D.C. area. You yeah. need to realize that we don't all abandon our animals. I'm thinking that the more we as military spouses and other military can get out and show the the non-military community that, you know, we don't all have two heads and, and you know, glow in the dark, that we're just regular folks. That's why I would love to see us do a little bit more about not just volunteering in our community and for our military community, but for the community in which we live, the off-post communities. Yeah, I agree. I think we're doing that, though. I think we need to shine a light on those things. You know, 70% of our community does live uh, off installation now. It used to be just the opposite. Um, exactly. You know, and uh, from what I see, we're doing just that. Our military community is volunteering uh, in the broader community. And I think the beauty of this uh, military, families camp, uh, military families initiative uh, on the part of uh, the White House is that we can shine a light on those sorts of things that our military community is doing for the broader community. It's not just about what's going on within the confines of our installations, but um, citizen services going on outside in those communities, outside the gates. So uh, with the White House initiative, Military Families Initiative, uh, I would argue also with a broader social media campaign, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, a greater focus and recognition that uh, the kinds of volunteer activities that our military community does, does span outside the gate. All those things, I think, will be important uh, to um, really having a broader community, the U.S. community, recognize the assets and the value of our military community in terms of volunteerism. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, Lauren Dempsey? Hi, Rob. It's Laura Dempsey from Blue Hey, Family. how you doing? I'm good. Good. Um, so I have a question about public-private partnerships, which I know okay, you that you're, you're really focusing on, which I think yes. is wonderful. Um, uh, you mentioned that a lot of the, these programs are sort of post-centered, and um, We've encountered the same thing, trying to get services on post. Sometimes it's really easy, sometimes it's hard. I'm wondering what kind of barriers 
um, like that you're encountering trying to get these public-private partnerships started, and um, maybe if you have any ideas for overcoming those. Yeah, well, I, I think a, a, a new understanding of the strength of public-private partnerships and their importance in terms of both being necessary and sufficient uh, for uh, caring for and empowering our military community is the first place to start. And what I mean by that is uh, there are, as I mentioned before, you know, 70% you know, of our military community does live off installation. Um, if you take a look at some of the, the needs uh, and support infrastructure we need uh, to be able to care for our community, there are gaps that uh, our nonprofit community and other community partners can fill uh, by partnering very powerfully with the Department of Defense, with uh, our installations and our installation commanders. Um, and I think we're starting to see more of that. So it first starts with a recognition that the kinds of services um, provided by partners both in the private sector and the nonprofit sector and the academic community are absolutely essential to providing a much richer and stronger support web for a military community. Um, and then it comes to an understanding of what those services are and why organizations basically in those sectors uh, oftentimes have a comparative advantage in terms of reaching out and providing those sorts of services uh, to our military spouses, our children, our active duty, and our veterans. And then finally, with basically that understanding, it's how you then powerfully partner and collaborate uh, to be able to um, maximize and optimize the kind of services that you do provide uh, to our community. So what I'm very excited about is, you know, we value those sorts of partnerships. We want to figure that out uh, in terms of how to optimize uh, what the partnership can bring to the military community. Um, and, you know, those partnerships have existed in the past. This is not something that's new. But what we're trying to do is really start to expand and broaden those partnerships, uh, you know, based on a lot of the challenges that our community is having today. Um, so we're working on it. Um, we are listening. <laughs> um, and we're starting to engage, I think, in some very neat initiatives uh, to be able to do that. Perfect example is a partnership that we are having with 13 communities across the country in terms of child care. Uh, as some of you know, we have a shortfall of child care spaces. And, you know, one option would be build more child development centers uh, on our installations. But instead of that, uh, and when you think about the fact that most of our community, again, is in the broader community outside of uh, the confines of uh, our installations, it makes more sense for us to start to partner uh, with child care facilities in states uh, to share, first of all, best practices, to help with uh, their licensure, and to uh, broaden um, the kind of supply of services and child care spots that we have in the civilian community. So that's an example of a partnership uh, that uh, we're engaged in at this point. So it's really, A, first of all, understanding there is a need and there's a, that our partners are assets. B, coming to grips with... Um, the kinds of capabilities that they do have once you understand there's a need and that they can provide, um, they can fill those gaps. And then C, powerfully, very power powerfully partnering 
to be able to have a sustainable program that uh, both provides that sort of support, but in the long run can be scaled so that we can meet the needs of our community. That sounds great. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. And I think somebody else joined while uh, you were talking. Did anybody else join? Okay, well, we'll move right on to Katie. Okay. Yes, this is Katie Savant from the National Military Family Association. I appreciate you highlighting volunteers this week and did have a question. After 10 years at war, we find that our families are tired, including our volunteer community. Is there going to be any rollout this week to address some of the compassion fatigue that our volunteers are experiencing? Say that again. Address what? The compassion fatigue that our volunteers are experiencing. Yeah, good question. Um, well, we have been at war for, you know, over 10 years. Uh, it's uh, been a war where we've had uh, multiple deployments. Um, I believe that uh, the compassion of really our citizens across the country uh, doesn't really subside during that period of time, but uh, there are other sorts of competing activities that mean that and other competing challenges that mean that we still need to shine a light, I think, on the kinds of volunteerism and activities that continue to be ongoing and very, very important to our military community. And a perfect example is our kids, uh, just in terms of how multiple deployments affect them uh, in terms of school and behavior, how important it is to have wraparound services in terms of not only what we do within Department of Defense, but uh, our volunteer partners. Uh, and uh, as you all know, we have some terrific partners around our kids, our teens, our young children, uh, uh, in terms of summer programs, after-school programs. So yes, there may be some fatigue, but what I'm seeing is, once again, our volunteer, our volunteer community continues to step up continues to find new ways of engagement and providing very effective services, uh, continues basically to solicit the support of other citizens and getting them involved. You know, one of the reasons that um, uh, the White House Military Families Initiative is so important is because I believe it will once again catalyze and ignite people who are very concerned about and passionate about and want to help our military community uh, to aspire to do something and then to do it. Um, and, you know, that's the beauty, I think, of the bully pulpit that uh, the White House has. Uh, it can outreach to a lot of citizens across the country who look to get involved but don't know how to. So in terms of compassion fatigue, I would argue that, uh, you know, the chairman talks about this sea of goodwill. There are plenty of people out there who want to help. They just want to know how to help. At the same time, we do have to recognize those who have been there, in there pitching every single day uh, to help our military community. And this is one of the reasons I think this initiative will, again, um, help with that, with recognizing those volunteers out there who have been there day in and day out uh, to help our military community. Great, thank you. You bet. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, was there anybody who joined who did not get to ask a question? 
Okay, uh, we can go back around the horn to uh, Dale and see how many how many we can get back down the list. Yes, sir. Um, it's Dale again, and I have a question about National Guard and Reserves and, and the initiatives. Um, can you outline any uh, programs that are designed for the people that are out spread out in the communities? Well, as you all know, we have our Yellow Ribbon campaign with the National Guard, and that's a very powerful campaign, I think, to start to link uh, community members uh, to what's going on in terms of our regard and reserve needs, uh, especially in the far reaches of uh, some of our um, communities uh, where, you know, we have much more isolation in terms of our Guard members and their family members. So I would say with our Yellow Ribbon, that's a, that's a great way to start to really get connected. And, uh, you know, the Guard and Reserve have uh, really promoted that sort of initiative to to great effect. So I would start there. Okay, thank you, sir. You bet. And on to Michelle. Hi. Um, yes, I'm still listening. It's a good. <laughs> okay, Michelle. Okay, Roger that. And <laughs> a very good skill set. <laughs> and Leo. Yeah, a question about um, volunteering uh, when when going on to the job search. I've heard from a couple of folks online who are asking if if you've looked mm. into some system or some recommendation for folks to uh, to to get letters of recommendation to better uh, categorize their volunteer experience. The the problem they've run into in the past is um, you know not being able to, to document the the work they've done when they do go no, on the job very, search. So yeah, very good question. I. Um, had a blog recently that talked about, um, you know, what was on the spouse's minds in terms of uh, jobs, the kind of jobs that uh, they were looking for in the community. It's really interesting looking at a lot of those responses. By the way, I do read my blogs <laughs> in terms, of, <laughs> in terms of the responses, not just my staff. I actually read them. <laughs> and it was really interesting. Uh, there were a number of spouses that talked about this very thing. They said, look, we volunteer. You know, we have certain skill sets associated with that. How do we translate that to something tangible, basically, that employers can understand? Uh, that, uh, you know, volunteering uh, basically uh, develops uh, skill sets and assets. So we've got uh, here in Military Community and Family Policy now uh, a program that we call the Spouse Education and Career Opportunity Initiative. And so around this program, we have not only um, a program we call the Military Spouse Employment Campaign that some of you have heard about that we're going to be launching very soon. We also have, of course, my uh, career advancement accounts there uh, as well. But we also have uh, counseling uh, that will be provided to spouses in terms of resume building and then being able to articulate the kinds of uh, skills that they have been able to develop through things like volunteerism and then translate that to a skill set that could be understood by employers. Um, so it's, it's important because you do develop those skills when you volunteer. Think about uh, team building, you know, organizing, um, working with uh, diverse groups, uh, for example, um, you know, the motivations uh, around uh, volunteerism as well, working with, uh, uh, with uh, in terms of a strong work ethic, 
the kinds of values, strong values that our volunteers have, all of those are very tangible skill sets that 21st century organizations are looking for. So we're really excited with our SECO program to internalize this issue, this challenge that our spouses have uh, in terms of making sure that you know, their resume um, resonates with the kinds of skills that they've been able to develop through volunteering in the community. And uh, we're, we're forward thinking about it, and uh, we're really excited that our new programs uh, are going to better be able to address it. Okay, and just, I mean, just to press the, the issue of, um, of letters of recommendation, I mean, is that something that, that would be talked about in the counseling program, how to, how to get them, you know, what the value of those are, or is that something that you haven't looked into yet? Well, again, when our program is going to focus uh, basically on job prep. Okay. So, you know, letters of record are part of that. You know, when those I'm sure those questions will come up and our counselors will be prepared to, to, to answer those. But, again, a part of the SECO program is job preparation. How do we get our spouses prepared for a 21st century workforce? Okay. All right, great. Thank you. You bet. Thank you, sir. And uh, I think we're almost uh, just about out of time. So uh, if anybody else has questions that were not answered, you can forward them to me, and I will forward them to the office, and we'll get the answers back to you. Uh, sir, if you have any closing comments to wrap today's roundtable up, you can go ahead with those now. I would just say I'm just delighted uh, to have this session, first of all. I think what you all do is extremely important. Um, you know, we were looking at some of the data last week in terms of um, a blog that I had uh, basically put out to the community about the potential shutdown. And um, it is, you know, our blogging community is essential right now to being able to very rapidly communicate information uh, and ideas uh, across, you know, the network of our military community. So what you do is very important. Secondly, I just want to highlight volunteerism. You know, it is a part of the DNA. I'm not kidding of, I think, American citizens. Some of you who know my history know that um, one of the things that I did in the past was I looked at uh, volun volunteeristic structures, basically, of other countries, um, Italy, France, other places around the world. And by doing that, I got a better appreciation for us as Americans and how important volunteerism is to us. It's really endemic in what we do, you know, and uh, I just wanted to highlight that as a real feature of, I think, the American spirit, but also in terms of our military community, uh, where, you know, volunteerism and that spirit is very, very strong in our spouses, in our children, uh, in our active duty service members. Um, it's something we do because it is this aspect of two things, I would say. One is selflessness, and that is doing something that's bigger than yourself, uh, where uh, what you do uh, has this broader um, effect, positive effect on the common good. But also there's some selfishness in it, and it is that you get better as a result of volunteering. Uh, you feel better. Um, you learn much more about who you are and the kinds of things that you can do to make the community better. So I just wanted to say a thank you, and uh, I look forward to all of us promoting uh, this week of volunteerism across our military community. Thank you very much, sir, and thank you again to all the bloggers uh, who participated today.
Uh, we enjoyed your questions and comments. Uh, today's program will be available online at the bloggers link on DADLive.mil, where you'll be able to access a story based on today's call, along with source documents such as this audio file and a print transcript. Thank you to everybody on the line. This concludes today's event. Feel free to disconnect at this time.